0: Welcome to the Raven Precision Podcast. I am Don Bruins. We are starting a new series on the podcast today that will introduce you to the Raven leadership team. We are starting out this series with Ben Voss. Ben is the Director of Sales for North America and Australia. First things first, I have to apologize for the recording quality of my voice on this podcast, but Ben comes across loud and clear. So. Ben, I welcome you to the podcast. So, all right, a little background about me. Um,
1: I'm an egg engineer. I went to university in Saskatchewan and uh, I've been working as an engineer pretty much the whole time, but have had a very diverse career. So, it's been lots of fun. I started out first 10 years or so of my career, I spent um, in R&D so I actually started my own company and uh, hired a few other engineers and we, we were an outsource arm for a lot of agriculture manufacturers so they would hire us to design and build their products for them and so it usually would start with some sales and marketing people or the company owner and they would say we want to build this product and they would either point to some competitors or they would visualize it or It may even been a totally like a new invention, like a a patented idea. And so then we would take that. We would do a 3D CAD model like in SOLIDWORKS and develop the product, show it to them. And then once it got uh, their approval, we would build the prototype. I had a, a full workshop. So we'd fabricate the parts, weld it, get it all put together, test it and then we'd validate its performance. And then once it was approved, we would release production drawings with the bill materials and everything to the manufacturer. And then uh, we would produce the parts manuals and the operators manuals and just turnkey the whole thing. So usually a company would have all that in house and most of them did, but they were growing so fast that they wanted to move quicker. So they would basically outsource that. And sometimes the companies would say, Oh, we just need parts manuals made, or can you just do a bit of engineering on this one product for us? So it was bits and pieces, but it was lots of fun.
0: (laughs) And you're gonna see the new new side of a lot of different products, and that's good.
1: Yeah, and I so I honed a lot of skills early on in in SOLIDWORKS and you know, CAD development, mechanical design. I grew up in a on a grain and cattle farm in Northwest Saskatchewan. So, the, the the countryside looks a lot like Sioux Falls. There's a lot of trees and rolling terrain and forest, and, but we can't grow corn. It's not hot enough. <laughs> but um, but it's it's beautiful countryside. It's not the most fertile countryside, but we we can grow pretty good crops. And uh, I'm you know I love farming. I've I, when I was 12 years old I I was doing all the combining I'd race home after school and uh, get in the combine at 3 in the afternoon and I'd go till midnight every day and I, <laughs> it was super super fun <laughs> and uh, yeah, right. <laughs> and I uh, my dad had a side business in the, on the farm doing uh, machinery repair so he had a full machine shop with lathes and milling machines and welding and all that stuff so yeah early on when i was young i i was like our every day was like an episode of forged in fire you know i was (laughs) i was out there banging metal and welding and so uh yeah rebuilding engines or whatever it was fun so it's pretty popular in canada for kids to play hockey or Something like that in the winter times. I didn't do that. I I learned how to weld and how to work with my hands. Worked in the in the farm. Definitely loved it. Yeah. So, um, then uh, you know, as time went on, I uh, I guess it's just really expanded my views of the world. I, I'm the kind of person who never really says no to any opportunity. So. I uh, started traveling while I was in university and I decided that once I was going to be done my degree I was going to be focused on my career and I wouldn't have much fun so I took a year in between my degree and I went and lived in Germany and I worked on a dairy farm there and so then I learned a bit of the language and traveled all over Europe and visited uh, dozens of farms and it was really interesting. Uh, And then I did another uh, term as an intern, Uh, it's kind of, depends on the university you attend, but you can take a year and do a work term at a company to gain experience inside of your degree. So I did that. And I worked for a a research organization called PAMI, which is uh, based here in Canada. They do a lot of work for uh, John Deere and Case on their combine developments, and uh, so I actually was in kansas with a crew testing a new combine prototype one summer and then uh then the later half of the year i did a second internship with a uh, air seeder manufacturer called borgo and uh let's see missing one thing oh uh, one other summer job i did i did custom harvesting so i was in a combine crew started in southern kansas and went all the way through didn't come to Sioux Falls, but it was in Western South Dakota, <laughs> all all over the place, not cutting wheat. So, I spent all of July and August, and I drove I drove truck and did all the repairs. And uh, summer out in the wheat, wheat in
0: the dust. So
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I've been to lots of little towns through the Midwest, stayed okay. in lots of Super 8 hotels, and ate at every Subway location. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: so all those things were really remarkable and uh I, I'm very grateful for all that experience early on because it just my eyes got big and I started to see how diverse the world was and uh but anyway after that stint with my own company I got recruited and uh, offered a really unique opportunity and it was a big shift in my career but I ended up working in a Uh, venture capital fund so I decided to well if the timing was right some of my uh, employees and others had all reached a point where we kind of got together and said okay we're all looking at other opportunities so I we wound down our projects and kind of told our clients that we're we're going to do other things now and uh, I kept the company I still have all my computers and software and everything, but, <laughs> and the files, but we, uh, I, I took this job and, uh, it was super interesting. So, uh, basically started looking at startup companies that were looking for capital, you know, looking for equity. So I got really started to hold my skills in the world of finance and management and those areas. And then, uh, then I got recruited again and I ended up in a working with a private equity group that owned a group of companies. So they owned 13 different, it's kind of like Raven, really very diversified group of companies all held under one team. So um, I did that for seven years and uh, there was a fair bit of ag in that portfolio, but also uh, the biggest industries that were actually in forestry. So I learned a lot about forestry yeah. and, uh, then, uh, in 2015, I joined Morris industries. So they're, they're an air seeder manufacturer. So I kind of came full circle back into egg. Um, in the middle there, I got married and had three kids. So <laughs> the, the jobs I had were also kind of, kind of the right thing to do. And when, when you get married. Because when I was younger, I was more risk tolerant. You know, I didn't have anybody relying on me, so I could, I could just do whatever I wanted. But then, you're gonna have a family. You sort of need to... the steady paycheck. Sort of is appealing.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: So, um, and then uh, after Morris, then I joined Ravens. So it was kind of a kind of cool actually because. I met Raven more from the client perspective. And, uh, there was a big team from Raven that came in to my office to pitch, uh, Raven as a technology provider. And I was pretty impressed. And then, uh, I came down to Sioux falls to visit and, uh, met a bunch of people and toured the office and things. And then, um, uh, that one thing leads to another. And then here I am. So, uh, you know, I joined Raven with really only expectations that I would be here to look after Canada. And then a few months later, things, things change. So
0: here I am. Well, so what, what are you doing today? I mean, uh, I, you know, we mentioned you're the director of sales for North American Canada. So what, what does that actually mean for you as a day to day?
1: Well, I'm still learning that, but I, uh, I think, you know, to make, to all jokes aside, I, I look at it, you know, Raven tends to evolve quite, quite quickly. And, uh, when there's a need to change, we change. And I, um, uh, I feel like when Sarah and Stephen asked me to take this role on, it was Partially because of some of my background, but also under a view that uh, they would like me to relocate to Sioux Falls. So I I'm not there yet, but that's the plan. So what I do today probably is going to be different than when I'm in Sioux Falls, but yeah, uh, not a lot different. But the I feel like the the main thing that I'm accountable for and that people look to me for is uh, you know. So we have a sales organization. we're talking to customers. we have all kinds of different ways, whether it's manufacturers or end users or strategic accounts, retailers, all these different things and how are we engaging with them? how are we convincing them of the value of our product right and um, it's interesting because this isn't like selling photocopiers I mean, it's there's a lot of education required so probably the one thing you're going to hear from me a lot is that as an outsider as a new person who's joined raven i've literally only been here seven months so uh i would say that we dramatically underestimate how little the customers understand the power of our products and that the awareness in the market is not as high as it could be. And that if I'm looking at my day to day, it's, I deal with a lot of things that happen. However, I'm always keeping my eye on the horizon, which is how do we get the market to see the value of everything we're doing? That. It's like uh, I was thinking of. I, I speak in a lot of analogies. People know I got a reputation for this inside of Raven already. Is that I'm always every day there's a new story for Ben of some some way of creating a metaphor. Well,
0: <laughs> so stories are always good to get your point across. I guess.
1: Well, if I was going to say anything about Raven, Raven is like an apple tree. So <laughs> we when you plant an apple tree. Like, if I was to buy an apple tree right now and plant it in my yard, my nine-year-old daughter would say, so are we going to get an apple next week? <laughs> right? And no. I like, no. <laughs> it's going to take a couple years for that tree to root down and get established, and then it's going to bear some fruit. And, you know, but yet the tree's right there. <laughs> I want to see the fruit. And so... <laughs> it's uh, like with software technology and everything we're doing it's fast like you can build things quickly and get it to market quickly but what i'm seeing happen right now is that the things that the team did two or three years ago are suddenly bearing huge amounts of fruit and we it didn't bear fruit last year and then we're looking at it going well, then there's something wrong with that tree but it just took time and now look at what's happening. Right. Yep. Like, I think you were on that announcement about Australia, right. About the dealers. Okay. Like that started two years ago. Right. It's now wow. In, like, wow.
0: <laughs> so, uh,
1: it is, it's super hard to, to say, well, all that work was for naught, you know, no. when now it's, it's suddenly resulting in and you know we had every time i i I was trying to calculate this in in preparation for today i'm thinking how can i put numbers around this but i'm i'm almost certain don that i have had let's say i've had 50 discussions with dealers since i started and in every single discussion it's resulted in an awareness that they didn't know we did something. Like there is a product that they they were like, wow, I I didn't know it could do that. Or, you know, they love us for sprayer controls and other things, but then and to me that's the that's the golden opportunity for us, is that if we can if we can follow through on this with all the stuff we've got, it's it's incredible. So That'll be the core, I think, of most of what I'm going to be doing is trying to see how do we get that that message across. How do we ensure that those groups have all the tools they need to understand what Raven could do for them? And that the eventually we see Raven across the whole farm, right? It's just a it's not just a boom height control or a, a rate control or a steering. It's a seamless technology play across the whole farm. How does yep.
0: that? Sit? Well, no, it's, it's, uh, <laughs> I'm sitting here thinking Ben, and you know, I shouldn't do that because that's uh, <laughs> talking. So, but no, I mean that's a great vision if you think about that vision for moving forward. You know, it's as a technology company and uh, moving into as you're growing and expanding, and you know, we're adding to a, the apple tree, we're adding a new branch to it, uh, you know, and start moving into autonomy, and other things. And uh, it's just makes sense to, you know, to look at it in those types of ways and, and it's taking time to grow that and expand that and uh, communicate that because it depends on if, what market we're in. I, I completely get that. And like you mentioned, uh, Australia, well getting our opportunity to grow, that business takes time to expand and communicate and, and work with teams in place to make sure everybody knows our capacities out there. And and that's what, one of the things we're doing today is uh, that our podcast is usually used for communicating information about those products. And today it's uh, this, this meet the team and their visions and the things that how we as a, a company vision out what, how we're going to, be successful and make you as our customer successful so
1: mm-hmm. yeah that's great but, And it, all right it, and a lot of this is, um, is it almost can come across like well we haven't been doing this right or something's been wrong and I don't want that to be the message at all like it's uh, what I'm what I see has happened is that everybody's just been doing their best in the circumstances we've had and you can't I don't like to look in the rearview mirror and say oh, let's let's drive the car backwards. It's, I, I'd rather say, we've got tons of great stuff. Now let's figure out what to do with it. I, I don't, there's no, what I don't ask the question like, well, why didn't we, why don't the dealers know? Like what have we been doing wrong? It's, it's not like that. The dealers don't say, Raven, you didn't do a good job of explaining this to me. It's just, Coming into its own right now, you know? And uh, like I used a another uh, reference once that, like I, I had to benefit early in my career, I said, I sat on a phone company board for six years. And it was in the early 2000s when cell phones were just starting to take off. And this is, and when I joined the board, it was when the first Blackberries were coming out, right? And so we were trying to do a forecast because at that time, so we live in a province that's the size, similar size to South Dakota. We have 1.1 million residents. Okay, so the phone company serves that region. And at that time, we had 80,000 cell phone subscribers out of a 1.1 million population. And we thought, well, that's pretty good, like 10% or whatever, 8% and they're trying to forecast the capital bills because to build the infrastructure, you know, build more cell phone towers and give more coverage in rural areas and all that, it's expensive, right? So we had a budget that was gonna put more towers, out. it was 300 million to build all the towers, right? And we're trying to project how, what, what, how many subscribers do we need to get to pay for this capital, right? And it was like, well, if we can get to 120,000, maybe 130,000, this is going to go well. you know. By the end of my tenure, six years, we were over 400,000 subscribers. And then today, there are more mobile devices registered on the cellular network than there are citizens. Right. Because more people have either two phones or there are now Internet of Things all over the place with a SIM card in them, if if we had thought about it in 2003 or four in the context of, well, we're going to get 12% market penetration and that's going to be amazing, (laughs) (laughs) it's just, how can you forecast these things, right, sometimes? And then we pulled a study that AT&T had done in in 1990 when first, like you remember the car phone, like that big bag phone? Yeah, that was a big deal for for two of those. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that was huge in the 90s, right? Because they were expensive. And anyway, AT&T did a study and they said that in the U.S., like it was McKinsey or somebody did this amazing study. And they said it'll be maximum one million per year. (laughs) <laughs> There's nobody who will afford this. It's the technology is way too expensive. The towers are too hard to build, and you know here we are. So thing, right? I look, yeah, I look at I look at everything Raven's doing through that lens. Is that some some of the technology bets aren't going to be right, but majority of it is going to continue to converge and get more and more economic, more and more adopted, and it's going to be the heart of everything that egg's doing nobody denies that egg is going to be technical it's it's the
0: future it is well ben with with uh, that i mean i like that technology's the future but do you have anything to add to that before we wrap up for today or another analogy for us or anything <laughs>
1: yeah, i know uh no, I think I just like to say that I'm super humbled to be able to work with such a great team. Uh, I love the diversity of skills that everybody has and the backgrounds and I'm a collaborator through and through. Like I don't I believe that we need different opinions. I believe that we need to share those opinions and be open about them and I like that team rallies around a problem, comes up with solutions. I like, I like to share the spoils. You know, I want to make sure everybody's part of the win, not this isn't about one person. And my role is to try to enable everybody and give everybody a chance to win And And not, um, not it's not about me. <laughs> so I, I might be, I'm glad to accept the responsibilities that Raven wants to put on me to work in a leadership role, but I turn it all back to the team and say, well, how, "What can we do? And how are we going to do this?" And you know, it's hopefully drawing on all of my war battle wounds from the years of things I've learned the hard way yep. that I can help everybody avoid stuff. You know,
0: Lead through that
1: process. Yeah. <laughs> so all right (laughs) good all right well that sounds good bond if you have any other stuff you want to add just call me again
0: and i appreciate having you today okay take care thanks